Hey, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about what sellers want from a buyer when selling their home. But before we do, let me remind you about the buyer success path. We talked about that in episode one. There are six parts to the buyer success path. Partner with professionals, plan the money, pick your place, persevere through close, possess your home, and protect your home. You accomplish those six elements, you'll be successfully in your own home that you're getting to live in, build equity in, and build memories in. Buying a home is exciting, but the process can be overwhelming. Trying to understand all of the paperwork, financing, and what you need to do can be stressful. Without knowing what you're doing or where things stand, it's hard to move forward. Or worse, you could make a mistake that costs you thousands of dollars. That's where the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast, hosted by Jeff Jones, comes in. Jeff is a realtor, coach, and entrepreneur. He helps take the guesswork out of home buying by providing you with the details, resources, and professionals that make the process easier to understand so you can successfully buy your next home with confidence. Now here's Jeff. Okay, so I talked about that today we're going to be covering what sellers want from home buyers. And let's just jump right in. You know, put yourself in the shoes of a home seller. Maybe you've sold, your, sold a home before. Pretty much when you're selling your home, you want to make as much money as possible selling your house as quickly as possible, spending as little money as possible doing repairs or getting it sold. That's the bottom line. So every seller wants that. The same thing if you're out looking for a car, the car dealer wants to make as much profit on selling that car as possible. Uh, you want to get a car for as little price, as smallest price as possible. It's the same thing with buying a house. The seller wants as much money as they can get, and you want to pay as little as you can. But beyond that, what is it sellers are looking for in a buyer? The first thing I believe sellers are looking for from a buyer buying their home is they want a buyer to bring a strong, clean offer. What does that mean? A strong offer, an offer at or close to or above the list price reflects that the buyer values the property and values the seller. You may not even know the seller, but the time and the energy they've put into living in that home, taking care of that home, and getting it ready. An offer coming in close to or above the list price lets them know that you, as a buyer, value the property. A strong offer also ensures that the seller's going to receive a fair price for their home. We do the best we can helping sellers price their homes. Real estate agents like me, realtors, we do the best we can helping sellers price their homes. But at the end of the day, the final value is going to be determined by an appraiser. And that's only going to matter depending on the conditions of the offer that you made and what the lender is willing to lend the money for. If you want to pay $300,000 for a house that an appraiser says is only worth two hundred and eighty, dollars you can pay $300,000 on the house. However, the lender is only going to loan you money on the $280,000 that the appraiser says it's worth. So a strong offer ensures that the seller is going to get a fair price. They don't want you to take advantage of them, and they're not out to try to take advantage of you but they want to get a good, fair offer on it. And that offer is going to be a financially sound offer, meaning that it's going to be an offer that you can actually afford. A clean offer is a lean offer. And what I mean by that is there are minimal contingencies or requests on your part to the seller. 
there's already going to be built into it at least two contingencies unless you, as the buyer, waive those contingencies. One is going to be a home inspection. You are protected by making an offer and getting it accepted to buy a home. You're protected by a home inspection should you choose to get one. Every state varies based on what you can do based on that home inspection. But in my market, if you were to get a home inspection on a property and you were to uncover something that the seller did not make you aware of, or maybe it was worse, and then maybe they didn't even know about it. They didn't hide it from you. They just didn't know it. A home inspector finds that, then you have some negotiation power to come back to that seller and say, hey, I still want to buy the house. I still want to buy it at that price, but here's a few things I want you to fix or I want you to give me some money back for. So instead of you spending $4,000 on it, you refund me $4,000 at close or we adjust the sale price and I'll take care of fixing those things as long as it's not an appraiser required. But a clean offer says you're not asking for everything. You're not saying, hey, I want you to leave all the furniture and I have all this and all of that. Um, So common contingencies are going to be the inspection contingency, the appraisal contingency. There's also going to be a contingency in there that if you as the buyer aren't able to get funding, and there's a few reasons why you couldn't get funding. Something happens to your credit score, your job, and your life that the lender's underwriting at the end of the day refuses to loan you the money to buy the house. That could put a kink in those plans and cause you not to be able to buy that property, and you're protected from that. That's a contingency built in there. If you're trying to sell a home in order to go buy a home, that's going to be a contingency built in because you're not going to be able to get financing if your house that you're currently selling doesn't sell. You're protected in there. But a clean offer is a lean offer, and there's not a lot of that in there. If a seller gets two offers for the identical sales price, nobody's asking for help with the paying part of the buyer's closing costs. Uh, They're offering the same earnest money. They have letters of pre-approval. They want to close on the same day. Everything is the same in there. However, if one of the buyers is asking for a home warranty, and is asking for time to get their home sold, more than likely the seller is going to go with the buyer with the cleanest offer. So try to have as lean a clean offer as possible when you're making an offer. No or minimal contingencies in there. And this lets the seller know that you're serious, that you're a serious buyer. So they need to give some real... um, strong consideration to an offer you bring because you're not asking for a whole lot. You're offering them what they're offering to sell the house for or at least close to it. Um, It's just a really good offer there. So they're going to want to know that you as a buyer are bringing them a strong, clean offer. The second thing that a seller is going to want from a buyer is financial stability. Now, home sellers want to work with a buyer who is financially stable, and who can demonstrate their ability to secure financing. They want to avoid any issues with financing falling through during the sales process. That's possible. I see it all the time that properties are back on the market in our MLS, the the multi-listing service. Properties are back on the market, and it says in there, uh, buyer's funding fell through. Uh, Buyer couldn't complete the purchase. No fault of the seller, nothing wrong with the house. It's just they accepted an offer. 
that buyer went further into the process and they ended up not being able to get the loan. Now, you get a pre-approval letter, that is still not a 100% guarantee that that lender is going to loan you the money. However, at the end of the day, with as much due diligence as they can do on the front end before you have an accepted offer, they feel like that you're going to qualify and you're going to be able to buy that house. So that seller wants you to be able to demonstrate that by showing a pre-approval letter saying, hey, this person, based on everything we know, they can buy a house worth $300,000 or $350,000 or $280,000, whatever that amount is. So if you're pre-approved for three hundred and fifty, and you're offering three hundred and thirty for a house, that doesn't mean that the seller needs to hold you to three hundred and fifty. That just says that hey, you can look up to that high, and it lets them know that you're being frugal if you're approved for three fifty, but you're looking for three thirty. Lets them know you're being frugal there, so they want to see a pre-approval letter there. And sometimes the pre-approval letter just says that you're approved up to the amount of that offer. Lenders different. Some will give you a blank letter up front. And some lenders I work with, when I have a property under contract for a buyer, I contact that lender and say, hey, can you send me a pre-approval letter? And that pre-approval letter is going to have in it the amount that we're offering. So they don't know what that ceiling is that you as a buyer have been approved for. It just says, hey, we're offering $325,000 for this house. It says, hey, Mr. Seller, Mr. Buyer, Miss Buyer here, they're pre-approved for $325,000. We're good to go. That seller might also ask for you to show them proof of funds. Most of the time that happens if it's a cash offer. However, if you're going to be out $20,000 on a $300,000 house, that's about nine to ten thousand for a down payment, another nine, ten, eleven, twelve thousand dollars for prepayments and closing costs at the end of the day. If they're gonna tie their house up and pull it off the market, off of advertising, getting other buyers in there to take a look at it, to possibly get another offer or a better offer, if they're gonna do that, they might wanna know, hey, does this buyer have twenty thousand dollars in the bank? I wanna see proof of funds from their lender or from their banker that says, hey, they actually have the money in the bank. Not just that you have a lender that's going to loan you money, but do you have the difference to make that up? Some buyers I work with don't have that on the front end. They get it through that process, either by the seller paying some of their closing costs or by getting a loan product that helps cover that down payment or getting a gift from a family member. Whatever, or using a bonus from work or a refund from income tax, you may not totally have all that. But I wouldn't be surprised if you don't run across a seller every now and then that says, I want to see proof of funds. And if you're paying cash, you're definitely going to need it because that's the same as a pre-approval letter. Hey, thank you for hanging with the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast so far. You need to know how ready you are to buy a home. So get your score at readytobuyscore.com. You'll pick a few statements, get an email telling you what your score is and what you need to focus on to get ready to buy a home. If I can help you in my market, which is the Mid-South, the Memphis metro area, please let me know. If you're in another market, I've got agents all over the country and in a few countries around the world. Reach out to me and I'll connect you with one of our agents who can help you get your home bought wherever you are. Now, back to the show. Okay, so a seller, we've already said a seller wants a good, strong, clean offer. They want to see from the buyer that they're financially stable and they also want from the buyer a timely closing. Let's face it, unless they have extenuating circumstances, they're ready to move on with their life and live somewhere different, either because they have to or just because they want to. I did sell a house a couple of years ago that my sellers were taking a job in another area 
but it was going to be three months down the road. They wanted to go ahead and get their house on the market and get it sold so they knew what they could do later. So we were able to sell their house and put in the listing information, hey, we're selling the house now. We're not going to close on it or transfer possession until like three months from now. And we either want you to recognize that when you're making an offer or allow us to rent it back to you. They were actually able to stay in the house for an extra month and the buyer didn't charge them rent for that. It just let them stay there. They wrote that in the offer. So we got an offer for that. But a timely closing, unless the seller has a reason to push the close way out there, they want to make sure that they're closing generally in 30 to 45 days is pretty much what I look at when I'm making offers. So they want to work with a buyer who's committed to closing the sale within the agreed upon time frame, and that's going to be in the contract that you offer to purchase contract. You're going to put in there when you're going to close by. And unless it's extended, if you don't close by that date, the contract is terminated and the seller gets to keep the earnest money. So if you put earnest money down, and sometimes there's an issue with underwriting or some type of inspection or something from the buyer's standpoint that we have to negotiate with the seller, hey, we need to extend it two days or three days or something. And hopefully the seller agrees to that. If they don't, we negotiate back and forth to either make the deal happen or worst case is we get out of the deal and try to get the earnest money back. Part of that timely closing means that you as the buyer are submitting any necessary paperwork related to your offer promptly and that you have all of that stuff ready. Your lender is going to be asking you for details they're going to already tell you up front, here's going to be some more information we're going to need when you get a property under contract. So have that stuff ready. I've seen deals be put off because the lender required a couple of years of IRS returns. The buyer, for whatever reason, didn't have those copies, had to request transcripts from the IRS. The IRS took their time and we weren't able to get documents in time to close on time. So we had to negotiate extending that close time out there. Know that stuff up front. Ask that lender, what are going to be all of the documents that you need from me so I can begin gathering them now? And it'd be great if you had all those ready, maybe not to the lender, but you had them all ready before you start looking for a house. Because it's not likely, but it's possible that you put an offer on the very first house that you see and you get it under contract. You might not have time later on to gather all that stuff together. Don't drag your feet as a buyer. Make sure you have all of that ready so that you're prepared for a timely close. The fourth thing I believe a seller wants from a buyer is some flexibility. Home sellers are going to appreciate buyers who are flexible and willing to work with them on the details of the sale. This could include being open to negotiating on price, close dates, or other terms of the sale. If there are repairs that come out that need to be made, depending on what's going on in the market and with the contractor or handyman, whoever's fixing it, it could be that that repair is not going to be made by the time you get ready to close. You as the buyer be flexible with that. I know you may be getting out of a lease. You may be selling your own home and having to, you know, getting, choosing to live somewhere different and you have a closed date there. So, you know, you're going to have to push hard for that time frame to be able to be out of the home that you're in to get into the home you're trying to go to. But just be prepared to be flexible and have some conversation in there. Please don't dig in your heels and say, by golly, it has to be my way. Because number five is sellers want buyers to demonstrate a win-win attitude. And a win-win attitude means that 
nobody is looking to benefit at the expense of the other person. Chances are you don't know the seller. You may never even meet the seller because they may be gone the times that you're looking at the property. They're probably not going to be at the same closing or at least not sitting across the table from you when you're signing papers to buy the property. So you may never meet them. But some sellers may end up needing some concessions uh, as part of the sale. And so be prepared to um, for any of those potential requests that come. Maybe uh, the job transfer didn't happen or uh, they're moving into a brand new construction home and weather has delayed that for three weeks and they need to extend or maintain possession. If you can, be flexible. Be nice. Treat them the way you would want to be treated. Uh, and I know sometimes you can't because of extenuating circumstances and we'll do the best that we can, but it just can't be done. Also have a win-win attitude on the repairs after the inspection, after the appraisal. The appraiser requires, you know, if if you're buying a house for $280,000 and the appraiser says it's going to appraise for $280,000, but here are three things that need to be repaired. The seller pretty much doesn't have a choice if they're going to sell it for $280,000, but to make those repairs because the lender is not going to lend you the 97 or 96 and a half percent of the purchase price of the $280,000 without those repairs being done. So that seller may have to come back and adjust the price down. So the appraisal repairs are pretty much, they're going to have to be done. But the inspection repairs make this a win-win situation. One of the typical issues in a home that's been lived in for quite a while are going to be the water shutoffs for a washing machine. And when I say a problem, it's a little problem but it's not a huge repair expense. If you know about faucets, you understand this, but if you don't, when you open up an outside water faucet, which pretty much looks like the uh, water faucets inside the house where the washer and dryer are for the washing machine, those water faucets have a shutoff valve. And you know, you're not turning on and off the washing machine shutoff valves as much as you do the outside ones. And inside there, there's typically an O-ring that sits in the top. And then there is a washer that goes into the bottom. So when you unscrew it, that washer comes up. It uncovers the hole. The water comes out. That's what lets the water come out. When you close that back down, it seals it off and no water gets through. Well, it's a rubber gasket. It dry rots over time. If that washing machine's been hooked up for 10 years and that's never been turned off, off, you know, off and on or repaired, there's a good chance that that washer is dry rotted, meaning it's not going to seal. Water is going to leak out a little bit. Your home inspector is going to report that there is a slight leak at the cold or hot water for the washing machine shutoff valve. That's fairly normal. If you know how to do it, it's a uh, two or three dollars for parts and not even 10 minutes to fix. I try to ask my buyers, don't go in demanding that to get fixed. That's an easy fix for a handyman, a plumber, maybe even you, if you're a little bit handy. Be reasonable. Make this a win-win. Don't come back and nitpick every little bitty thing. On an inspection report, look at those things that are going to drastically hamper the value of the property or create a safety issue for anyone inside the home. Look at those big things. Have a win-win attitude. 
you're also maybe going to have to adjust the final price after the inspection and appraisal. It's not just about making those repairs. It might have an effect on price. The appraisal may not come in at the price that it is. If they've agreed to sell it for two eighty and you've agreed to buy it for two eighty, and the appraisal comes back and it's three hundred thousand, that's twenty thousand dollars in equity for you. The sellers agreed to sell it for two eighty. You've agreed to buy it. That's a good thing. If it comes back at two hundred and seventy five, unless the seller holds you to that price and you have the cash to pay that extra $5,000, that seller's going to come back down to two seventy-five. dollars At least that's the hope, reasonably. Now, there may be circumstances where they just can't for whatever reason. They've got to find a buyer who's going to pay them that $280,000. But think about this. Make it a win-win attitude that you're not trying to screw somebody else to get you the most fantastic deal ever. And they're not trying to screw you and laugh all the way to the bank and saying, oh, those buyers don't know what they're getting. Make it a win-win for both. Um, Both parties benefit from having a win-win attitude. The sellers are going to get a fair price for their house in a great time frame. You're going to get a good house. It's not going to be, you know, major issues you're going to have to deal with, at least known issues. Surprises can happen. I recently saw in the news this week um, that a lady moved into a home and found a rather large snake living under the homes and had found a way to get up into the walls. She's not sure she wants to stay in the house anymore. That wasn't something that was found during the inspection. The previous owners didn't know the snake was living there, but that's an extreme situation. However, things can happen. And having a win-win attitude encourages cooperation, collaboration, and mutual trust so that everyone involved gets a good deal, and is satisfied, they're able to reach the goals that they have. And part of that win-win, you know, it's a mutual respect for each other's needs. That seller is selling for a reason. A job relocation, lost a spouse, inherited it from their parents, building their dream home and moving in. You have a reason to be buying that house. Both parties need to respect the needs of each other, their interests, and understand that the success of one party doesn't have to come at the expense of the other. Please have a win-win attitude about this and work with a real estate agent that has a win-win attitude, not about getting their way and coming out at the end of the day going, well, I won that one. This isn't the uh, the big game in the NFL or uh, Major League Baseball World Series or anything like that. Uh, We're not looking for a loser at the end of the day. We want both parties to win and be happy with what they got out of this agreement. Okay, that was long on that one. So let's wrap up uh, this final element that I believe that uh, sellers are looking for in a buyer. And that's going to be clear communication. (laughs) You know, it's essential that everybody involved be open and honest about their expectations, their needs, and concerns to ensure that all the parties are getting the most out of the agreement. And that's what it is. It's an agreement for you to purchase a home and for them to sell their home. If that's the case, and if something happens, you have a real estate agent, make sure you keep your realtor updated and make sure that realtor is keeping the listing agent updated. Let them know what's going on so that they can make informed decisions. If you have a hiccup with underwriting and the lender asks you for something that you can't get to immediately and it's possibly going to delay close, have your agent reach out to the listing agent and make the seller aware of that on the front end. Say, hey, just a heads up, we might be having to extend, so just, you know, 
maybe delay the movers coming or let's, you know, we'll hopefully have an answer in a couple of days, but be courteous and make sure you communicate with them clearly on that so that they can make the best decisions they can moving forward and avoid any unnecessary stress or conflict during the sales process. You don't need to be showing up at the seller's house asking them all kinds of questions. Many times the home sales I've been a part of the seller has allowed their information to be given to the buyer. If the buyer has any questions about the property after it's closed, they can reach out. But that's not a license for you as the buyer to bother, harass, um, berate, do anything like that to the seller. It may be asking them a question, especially if they built or didn't need to remodel, that they have intimate knowledge about the house you might be able to help them out with that. We're selling my mom's house right now. Uh, my father passed away almost a couple of years ago. It's a house that they built back in 2000. And many of the lights in there are dual switches, meaning you can turn it on and off at this side of the room or on and off in this side of the room. Sometimes it's not easy to find. And the lights way on that side of the house could be coming from a switch that's way over here. I mean, I had to ask my mom where some of those switches were. I didn't grow up in this house. I wasn't around at the time they were finishing it. Uh, but I've had to ask, where are these? It's probably going to be good for that buyer to be able to reach out to me or reach out to my mom to ask some questions about the house for them to get to know it. We want to be able to have clear communication with somebody who is being courteous and polite. So remember those things. So again, Make sure that when you're a buying a property, when you're buying a house, that you're thinking about what that seller is going to need. And you be the buyer that brings a clean, strong offer. You be the buyer that is demonstrating that you're financially stable and can make this purchase happen. Be the buyer that is considerate of a timely closing for the seller. Be the buyer who is flexible in the negotiation, who is demonstrating a win-win attitude that you're not trying to gain something at the expense of the seller. And be the buyer that communicates clearly throughout the entire process, especially if there's a hiccup. Make sure you communicate that clearly. Hey, thanks for joining me today for this episode of the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast. On our next episode, uh, we're going to be dealing with an aspect of the buyer's success path about partnering with professionals. And we're going to be talking about choosing a buyer's agent to work for you. That's somebody just like me to work on your behalf to help you buy a home. Have a blessed day. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today on the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast. Hopefully you found all this information helpful to you and it's made a little more sense out of what it takes to actually buy a home and you feel a little bit more confident about your home buying process. Now, again, as I shared in earlier, if I can help you buy a home in the Mid-South or find you an agent wherever you are, just reach out to me at midsouth.homes or whatever link is here on this podcast or uh, down below in the YouTube channel. If you're listening to this on a podcast, I just mentioned the YouTube channel. There is a Get Me Ready to Buy YouTube channel where you can actually watch the podcast if you'd rather do that. If you're watching this on YouTube and you'd rather listen to it, you can find the link to GetMeReadyToBuy.com and you'll find where you can listen to all the podcasts wherever you get podcasts. I hope that you'll also rate and review the show. There's a link here in the notes, in the show notes or here 
where you can review the show and rate it so that others who are looking to buy a home just like you can find it, especially if you found it helpful. And I would love a five-star review if this has been helpful to you. The other thing you can do is remember to get your score at readytobuyscore.com. And as always, hit the subscribe button so that you are the first to find out the latest information about what it takes for you to be ready to buy a home. Have a blessed day.